This is Trash Talk with your host, Garrett the Trash Man. What is up, everybody? Garrett the Trash Man. We have been trying to get Mr. Bryce K on this podcast since its inception. And John and I have succeeded today, haven't we, John? Mostly because you wouldn't leave if we did. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Garrett finally sold, all right? I sold. I sold. He didn't I, try. He did it. That's right. He got the hard close. Hard close. <laughs> Listen, sometimes just get the answer, the yes or the no, and nine times out of ten, you'll get that yes. The conversation always starts with a no. Yeah, that's right. That's just, just a great starting point is a no. Right? <laughs> Bryce, but just quick, we always like just introduce you real quick, like Bryce, you own uh your your owner of uh go to glass you've done door to door sales you're at the power plant right now you're you're up to a lot you've done a lot we'll get into all of that we want to know about a book you read that you've recommended to all of us that um i thought was a great book would be great to come on and talk to you we'll get into all that nonsense but glad you're here is what i want to say thanks dude yeah I, like you're you, it's going to be fun i'm i'm 100% sure of that but to start off, we've got to thank our sponsor. Oh, yeah. We've got to thank our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> so, today's sponsor we- is going to be Go To Glass. <laughs> like I told you guys already, I'm running this show, right? <laughs> hey, hey. I've made it very clear many times. This is my damn podcast. <laughs> All right? My podcast. All right. I tried. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're thankful to go to glass. We got the two owners go to glass here. So all your glass needs, you know, they'll handle it. Larson Way sponsoring this podcast, world's best trash company. We're going to talk about Larson Way a little bit because how can we have a podcast and not talk about gas prices right now? And then also X media for producing this podcast. I mean, I would say hands down, you have to just say, in all the universes that ever have been, all the dimensions that you maybe go visit on your trips of acid, X Media is the best marketing company across all those dimensions, universes, and um, possible timelines. So, I would have to concur. <laughs> Especially right. the editor over there, Tyler. He is, he is great at what he does. So I've got a rant lined up, ready to go. So unless someone else is Not chomping at the bit, fire rant, away. I'll start with my rant. Let's hear it. Are you guys ready for this? So here's the situation. My mom's helping my grandparents clean up some stuff and just going through my grandpa's papers. And she, she sends me this last night that I thought was awesome. So if you guys haven't listened to the podcast I did with my grandpa, Buck Smith, definitely worth going back and listening to. He's someone I, I absolutely look up to, was an incredible businessman. And what I loved about my grandpa, like there's, I've, I've never heard someone talk bad about my grandpa, which is pretty rare for someone that's really successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think very many people got jealous of my grandpa because he lived in a way that what was good for him was good for everybody. Like, he was having a good time. And so when he produced, when he was making a lot of money, having a lot of fun with that money, everyone also was having a lot of fun with that money. You know, he's the type where he pulled up with a brand-new Corvette, and people are like, oh, that's so sick, that's so sweet. And he tosses you the keys, and he's like, yeah, go rip it, man. And so, like, that's the case. But anyway, so my mom sends me this because she's going through the papers, and this is, uh, it says, Keys to Success by Buck Smith. So this was kind of some life uh, lessons he lived by. So first, he says, marry the right person. This one decision determines 90% of your happiness and misery. 
Work at something you enjoy that is worthy of your time and your talents. Give people more than they expect and do it cheerfully. Become the most positive, enthusiastic person you know. Be forgiving to yourself and others. Be generous. Have a grateful heart. Persistence, persistence, persistence. Discipline yourself to save money even in the, on the most modest of salaries. Treat everyone you meet like, they, like you want to be treated and like they are the most important person in the world. Commit yourself to con- consistent improvement. Commit yourself to quality. Be honest. Be loyal. Understand that happiness is not based on uh, possessions, powers, or prestige, but on relationships with people you love and respect. Take care of those you love. Be bold and courageous. When you look back on your life, you'll regret things that you didn't do more than ones you you did. Uh, man, I butchered that, but you'll regret things that you don't do more than the things you did do. Stop blaming others. Take responsibility for all every area of your life. Be decisive and be decisive even if it means you'll sometimes be wrong. Be a self-starter. Um, things done when first thought of need no further attention. Um, sorry, I got to zoom in here. Excellence in the details. Daily exercise, eat properly, take care of your physical strength. Early to bed, early to rise. Pray morning and night, have a prayer in your heart always. Study the scriptures every day. Find counsel and answers awaiting for your day-to-day life. Put the Lord first in all you do. Pay an honest tithe. Do, don't do do anything that wouldn't make your mother proud. Live so that the at the end Christ will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter now into my rest. You, you become successful by helping others become successful. Learn from others. Ask for, asking for help is a strength, not a weakness. Many receive advice. But only a wise, only the wise profit from it. So, read through that and I'm like, well, you know, I can kind of just step back and say, hey, do I want to like roadmap to have a happy life? And I got a grandpa that uh, actually wrote it down for me. Laid it down. And was like, hey, homie, future posterity, here you go. Now, here's the only other thing I wish I could do with that man. I wish I could get him on this podcast and get a whole book out of him. Um, But... That's been on my mind since reading that last night, and it's like, man, I can look at so many areas of my life where so many things, it's it's simple, um, and it's just a decision, and we complicate it ourselves. I know I've definitely been in that space with all that's going on in my life right now, where I'm like really complicating things, and it's like, it doesn't have to be complicated. I mean, what do you have listed there? Maybe 20 things, yeah. and I think that pretty much covered a full entire life. That if you went through and knocked down that list and managed your life off of that list, I think you'd be doing pretty pretty good all right. Pretty good all right, too. Yeah. <laughs> if you met one Ballard, you met them all. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Ballard quote, true and true, right there. <laughs> if you met one Ballard, you met them all. There we go. Well, that's why we got the end of the, uh, the, the, end of the ring on ours into the ring i don't know what to call yet that the tail end of the ballards here uh-huh better believe it <laughs> he's, got, right. he's got all the knowledge trickled down oh, so yeah. we don't miss a they single the quote best for last. a single saying a single nothing we get it all. all oh yeah full bore <laughs> so yeah i mean there's not much more to me me to say on what he said i would go through i'd list those out i'll post it up if uh if people are going to try to go back and listen don't worry about that it'll be on my instagram so you better follow me get the trash man across all the platforms because that's where you can find it so Boom. 
That's yeah. what I got for my rant. Now, which one of you two want to rant? Next? It's John's turn. I Sorry. got it. All right. So my rant today is about momentum. Okay. I was talking to someone earlier this week about a uh, domain of their life that they were struggling in. And they're like, oh, I guess I'm just resigned to the, this domain of my life. It's just always going to look like this because I can't change it. And for whatever reason, it became very clear to me how important building momentum is in just about any aspect of your life. For example, work. Like whether that's building a business or multiple businesses or whatever, like building momentum is really important. And if you don't build momentum and if you don't consistently keep it up, it's hard to get it back. Like it, mm. it's getting that wheel rolling again. I mean, look at your health, for example. You can have momentum in your health. You can be eating well, doing the the, the, the correct uh, physical side of it, you know, workouts, cardio, all that fun stuff. And, you know, you can be feeling really good and it doesn't take a whole lot to lose all that momentum. But to get all that momentum back is a whole lot harder. Yeah. <clears throat> that reminds me. The uh, one and only, the great Arnold Schwarzenegger was on a podcast this last week I saw. And uh, they had asked him, like, why he still works out because he's this old dude. And he's like. And what did he say? He's like, why do you still breathe? Why do you still eat? And, like, it was just like, that's what he does. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, funny. I know. <laughs> well, I yeah, Arnold is back. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of Arnold this week. And. He said, I love to work out. Gives me the pump. I'm not going to say what he says for the rest of that. <laughs> I'm not that brave. If you watch Pump, Pumping Iron, you know what he says after that. Um, <laughs> In other words, your mom might be listening to this podcast. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Like things said, hey, don't do nothing that won't make hey, my mom proud. Hey, give him a little jiggle, though, for the YouTube watchers. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, all together. <laughs> that, that's a clip right there. I'm going to need that pronto. Um, but anyway, he's talking about that. And so that came to my mind at the gym because I was, I was at the gym this week and I, it like came to my mind. I'm like, man. I can't imagine a lot like there's people that don't that go like multiple days in a row without going to the gym. And that was that was mind blowing to me because I the only time that didn't there's never been a time that I don't think I've gone more than three days in my life without going into a gym. Um, so that was weird. But I think just speaks to your momentum because I thought about that. I'm like, I wonder if I would have the discipline to get back on, like get back into the routine I have if I came off of it. And I don't know. I don't know if I have the discipline because honestly, it's not a discipline thing to me now. It's like. It's just a way of just, being. Yeah. It just happens. Like there's never been a thought of like, am I going to the gym or not? Like it's like, oh, I just go to the it's gym. It's like eating breakfast. You get up, you go to the gym. You yeah. Like you get ready for the day. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so I think it just speaks to your momentum. And I, that's what Arnold was talking about. He's like, dude, like I just can't not go to the gym. That's what I do. Yeah. So. Well, and, and just to wrap it up, like I look through my life, like all the different domains and see how important momentum is and how like how much it helps in creating whatever I want with the speed or cadence that I want to create mm -hmm. it with. 
Because if you don't have that momentum starting from a standstill, woo. So that brings up a question I had on my way over here. And I would be interested to know both of you guys' thoughts on this. And I'm wondering, did you listen to that podcast that we had with uh, Jason Jarvis? It was probably about a year ago now. Yeah. So awesome podcast. If you haven't listened, go back and listen to it. Definitely worth listening. But uh, on my way over here, we were at your guys' shop. We drove over here, and he's discussing um, this idea about creating space in your life for something better. He gives the analogy of when he was a kid, he had some bad friends. They noticed that we're going in a bad direction and got rid of his bad friends. And so he had this time where he had no friends. He was like, man, having bad friends is better than no friends. Yeah. Or if you're someone looking for a wife and you've got a girlfriend that, like, she's not wife material, but you hang on to her because it's better than being alone. Well, you've got to create the space in your life. You've got to create the empty vacuum, the void, the black hole, whatever you want to call it, to attract that. And so I got to thinking about that, though, with momentum. Because in a business sense, like, you may need to create this black hole for something better. But in the creation of these black holes, like, I can see the very large possibility of, like, you take away all momentum. Oh, yeah. And you're kind of waiting for that space to be filled. And, uh, like, you've you've talked about reconcile before. How would you guys reconcile that of, like, you want to always keep momentum going because it's better to be moving in a direction, which I hold as a truth. Like, I, my experience has been it's better to be moving in a direction than sitting still. And I can adjust from moving. But at the same time, I can really see some good knowledge in that idea of creating a blank space, a vacuum, a black hole, whatever you want to call it, so it can be actually filled. Yeah. One one thing I would say to that is I'll use the – instead of a black hole, I'll use the, the analogy of like jumping in the deep end with two feet. Mm. You know, like – yeah, you don't like – for example, we'll, we'll go back to the girlfriend thing looking for, for someone you want to marry and potentially spend the rest of your life with. Like you can either dabble your toe in it or you can by, – by jumping in with two feet of by, say, leave the girlfriend who is not wife material and start looking. Like that's jumping in with two feet. Yeah, okay. So what I'm hearing is like truly looking might be the momentum – not just being like, I dumped my girlfriend, now I'm going to spend all my time playing Xbox. Yeah. And like, where's the girlfriend? She needs to come knock on my door. Yeah, and that's how you can reconcile. Like, okay, listen, like, I can know that I'm going to take an, an action, and I don't really know if this is the right decision, but that action is, I know, will lead me to somehow getting to the created intention. And so by jumping in and learning how to swim on the way down yeah, can be the way of creating that momentum. Of getting back up to the top. Interesting. Your thoughts? So I have two thoughts on that. So have you guys ever heard this story like where there's there's two brothers, right? They have a dad who's a bum and um, basically you have one brother that follows, follows the dad and, he's bl- and then he's like, man, why is my life like this every single day? And he's like, well, it's because that's the way that I was raised. That's the way that it like just kind of falls in the genes or like, you know, that's really go. That's what we do. Yeah, that's what we do. Then there's the other brother. He's like freaking like top dog on everything he does. And why is that? Same excuse or same reason is because because of my dad. And he's like, you have two mentalities here. You could either follow or you could lead. And what do you want your life to be? Not not like who put that right there in front of you. Mm-hmm. So 
You know, that comes up to like, I think of like business. Every single day there's momentum in business where I could either confront it right then and there and get the ball changed so that way we could get going in the right uh in the right in the right way, get yeah. the right growth going. Or I could procrastinate a week or two and then the same thing happens and then eventually I I blow up and then it's just like, all right, let's change like fifteen things. No, right then in the moment you need to continue that success every single day. Yeah. John, what was that uh uh, thing that we were reading the other day where it's like, I never fail or something like that. Oh, failure is not an option. It said failure is not an option. I love that phrase, but at the same time, it's like, wait a second. If there's no momentum, there's no failure. Well, yeah. what did I say to that? Do you remember? I don't remember. I said something along the lines of like, the way I see it is failure is the path to success. Right. You ha- You have to fail in order to succeed. And that's the thing is like, if you never keep that momentum going or like that uh, mentality of like I'm going to get to X then you're never going to get there and so like yeah yeah like it makes it makes me think of two of the things that were on my grandpa's list which said the things done when first thought of need no further attention and so it's like which in my life that's been something if I will operate from there that is a momentum (laughs) builder like nothing else if you'll apply that to anything in your life so you wake up in the morning and like the dishes aren't handled out how you'd have them handled and you handle it right then right and like you take that and that starts to build momentum to where when you walk into the office you're not putting these type things off and you're just what's here okay handled what what's next handled handled and so that and then along with the persistence 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 like I think that's how failure ought, ought to be uh, viewed because I think uh, my COO, he talks about that quote a lot, the failure is not an option. And he's always like, bullshit, failure of course is an option. If we're never failing, we're not pushing hard enough. You're not growing. We're not going hard enough. And I think what, what maybe is looked to be communicated in that is it's more like quitting is not an option. Yeah. Like failing is quitting. Not hitting your mark of exactly yeah. how you wouldn't isn't actually failure. That's just part of the process. Right. And, and to like to go back to what you said, you know, as you walk by the dishes and the dishes are sitting there in the sink, later that day, like your wife's busy, whatever, like you go back through and you're like, man, why didn't I just barely do that? Like I could have got a checklist done. I like to feel like accomplished every single day. Yeah. So instead, like I wake up in the morning, I get ready to go to work or hang out with the kids, whatever, you know, just like this morning, like, oh, the, the kitchen trash needs to be done. Uh, I need to go do X, Y, and Z, right? If I get back that night and then the same thing is sitting there, it's like, man, I could have done that. My wife could have been happier with me. When, when have you ever been like, like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't take out that trash right when I thought of it. <laughs> oh, goodness. What a good decision to put that off. It, it really helped my life to put that off. Never. Never. But it always is just like there's a win right there. No matter how small, and the smaller to start the day, almost the better. And not only do you feel better, but now your wife doesn't have to nag you oh, when you get home. It, be like, hey, why didn't you take that it's out? It's an after effect. And yeah, and maybe it's not nagging, but something was created when something was handled that made her life better. Absolutely. And it, Jordan Peterson talks about like with your kids or with your wife, um, those different things. He's He talks about meaningful relationships aren't built on going on a big vacation and when you're in Hawaii on the beach like that's not when the meaningful vacation is built or the meaningful relationship the meaningful relationship is built 
the 10 minutes, your first 10, how your wife greets you when you get home from work. Absolutely. That's where a powerful relationship is built. How you put your kids to bed every single night. That's how a relationship is built. And there are these little maybe five, 10, two minute interactions that happen every single day. And that's what a relationship is built yep. off of and operating of like, Hey, I just get these things done. What I'm pointing at is that little thing is an, a win. And that added up is huge. It's what actually builds a like well-running house, uh, a deep and meaningful relationship with your wife, like an example for your kids. Like what an awesome example. Like you could sit down and teach your kids all sorts of stuff. But if your kids just have always observed you that, like, dad doesn't leave things undone, like, if the trash is full, dad takes it out. Yep. If the toilet paper's out, dad switches it. You'd never have to switch, say a word, and you'd teach your kids more than 90% of the kids get top of their parents. Absolutely. Just by operating that way. So. Who knew a momentum would have brought that up? (laughs) 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 So. Price. Hold on, hold on. So Garrett's is the whole ah, whatever. John, what was your thing lately that you've been doing? <laughs> you gotta do it now. Well, you gotta have context when you do. No, that. you just gotta it's, do it's it. It's like an imitation of the Tasmanian Devil. Where he goes. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know what I've been doing actually all morning. Almost every phone call I've been on is. Yeah, buddy. Lightweight. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's come up on uh, almost every phone call. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Lightweight. <laughs> All right, sir. Um, calling about your extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> well, I've always wanted to do that same thing to people who call about an extended warranty. Just like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, good stuff. All right, Bryce, what you got to rant about? What's going on in your world? Dude, there's so many to rant about right now. But the main topic that I want to rant about is these damn freaking prices on fuel. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. Dude, like, I just... (sighs) Have you guys seen that? (laughs) I don't know what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to do. You can do whatever you want, dude. Listen, this might get political, and I don't give a shit. Go for it. Okay. So, have you guys seen that little sticker where it's like, there's a picture of Biden that says... I did that. I yeah. carry him in my truck. I hope all you guys who freaking voted for Biden right now are like, yep, I did that. Like, yeah. <laughs> done. <laughs> like, hop back in your seat every single day and just be like, yep, I did that. Crap. You know what the funniest thing about it is, too, though, is the whole thing was sold like, oh, the adults are going to be back in the room. And it's like, well, you've started wars, you've starved millions of Afghans, you've killed more soldiers that killed that died in like the past decade in Afghanistan in one week, you've wrecked our economy, and you've got gas prices out of hand. Oh, right. And yeah. we're still complaining about, oh, only the rich are rich and the poor are poor. Guess what? The people who are inflating, like, all the prices are going to continue to go up. Everyone yeah. wants a minimum uh, wage increase going to go up. Guess what? With all this inflation going up and then the fuel on top of that, like, everyone's yeah. going to freaking fail. Yeah, dude, and that was something I I was thinking about this morning. I'm like, you know what? Like, I do want to blame Biden, but it's also been something that's built, been building and building because, I mean, we've had a Republican government in, in this state. It's usually Republican ran um, 90% of the time, and 
two years ago, I think it was, it might have even been like four, we voted to a $15 minimum wage that we've been working to. That alone is going to create huge inflation. Oh, yeah. And then 40% of the dollars in circulation being printed in one year, obviously, is going to create huge inflation. Um, and then, yeah, these gas you prices. You mean it's a bad idea to just print money? I guess. Huh. I guess. Strange concept. Yeah. But, but my point being with all of that is, like, we were building up to that on both sides of the aisle for a while. Oh, absolutely. Like, I yes, agree. It wasn't, like, it wasn't it. overnight that this happened. Yeah. It's the way that, I don't know, it's right now the way that the American people are thinking that is wrong. Like, what we need to do is continue to work hard, earn our wages, and then get back to, like, the fuel, open up the damn pipeline. Yeah. Well, dude, oh, I, don't get – oh, uh, I got something to say that when you're done. Well, I was just going to say, I tweeted out about this, and I just want to talk a little bit more in depth so people can understand it a little bit. Mark this, Tyler. Um, Mark. So um, our, our recycling policy and our uh, gas policies, <coughs> our fuel policies, our drilling policies are very, very similar. So what people don't understand about recycling is a very small amount actually happens here in the United States. So say you do separate your stuff, a very small amount of that actually doesn't go to the landfill. The majority of it actually just goes to a landfill. We just used double the equipment, double the trucks, double the fuel, double the manpower, double the everything to collect it. But most of it can't go to the recycling anyway. It just goes to the landfill just at double the energy expenditure, double the carbon footprint, all of that. And then once we do get what we can do something with, it actually just gets shipped and moved to different areas. Spoken hub is what they call it. Like it's a good thing. Different spoken hub areas till eventually it goes to a totally different country. It goes to a country like China because they can afford to China. actually China because they can afford to recycle um, this stuff because they don't have you like that. Because they don't have the same, like, environmental policies that we have. So they don't have to run a clean factory. And then also, they don't have to pay a wage. They can pay 25 cents a day and make happen. And so it feels good, but it actually has a way worse impact on the environment. And that's exactly what we do with drilling. We could, instead of doing it here, where we pay good wages, where... We actually have agencies to make sure they're not doing reckless things with those oils. That doesn't mean that accidents don't happen. Oil spills can happen, things like that. But even if an oil spill does happen, it has to be cleaned up, has to be put back how it was beforehand, all of that. Well, instead of doing that, we ship it off so we don't see it. It's happening in another part of the world that's way worse for the environment because they don't care if they're spilling it, if they're dumping it into rivers, if they're throwing off all the emissions in the world. But us in America... Well, we feel good about we it. We feel now. good. And I think boy. like that is the main problem we've got going on now is not solving problems and just running off of feelings. And it feels good to not drill here and say we don't do that. It feels good to throw recycling over to a different country. Every single time when my wife she starts loading up the cardboard to go <laughs> over to dump it off over there at the Larson Waste trash bin yeah. over there in Taylor, I'm like, man. Bradley, you need to go have a conversation with Garrett right now. Like he actually yeah. thinks this is a waste. Yeah, it's no, it's no longer in Taylor because Taylor stopped, decided to stop doing business with us. So if you live in Taylor, you can thank your uh, your town manager for that. But uh, anyway, the uh, the thing is, and I I actually was getting post about this the other day. That occasionally will actually will will recycle it, whatever if we can get paid for it, whatever. But I should be more clear about what that's for. 
may get recycled. It may not. What that's no, for it says is, recycle on there, Garrett. No, I know it says <laughs> recycle. What that's for is to be handy for people to get rid of big boxes because I know that's a pain in the butt. Because you you actually have a big can because it's connected to your business. Get rid of that. But if you've just got a cart, you'll spend a ton of time cutting up boxes so oh, it fits yeah. in that. Right. So it really is just a community thing where it's like, hey, sometimes we can recuperate some of the cost. But we know this is a huge headache. And our customers, just like anyone else in the community that maybe isn't our customer, has this problem with these big boxes. Let's create an outlet because it also makes a real nuisance in the town because nothing blows around and blows out of carts right. quite like cardboard boxes. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I do that. But, yeah. So, in other words, you're trying to help the community out and put in the community first. And recycling. Good job, Larson Waste. Recycling, if it happens, it happens. But what's really helping is, like, hey, if we can have somewhere for that to go so it doesn't get blown all around the community yeah. is, is much better. So, yeah, you said he could t- say a lot about U.S. Drill, which here, actually, before we dive into that, <laughs> I actually want you to just kind of give you, you're up to a lot and you have been a lot like you like business owners usually are held as like, oh, they work so much. They do so much. But you're also got another full time job that generally like it's like, oh, that guy works. He does that job, man. He's busy. Like that's a serious full time. And you're over here doing both. And so. Why don't you give us a little introduction, who you are, what you are, and uh, like that, that that's obviously like what you do for work isn't all you do, but include that as well. Gotcha. And then I want to hear what you think about uh, about energy and oil and stuff like that because you're somewhat connected to that. Yeah, so <laughs> all right, so I work at the, the power plant and so I work at the power plant. Damn, I just want to go off on a rant about the just power go. plant. Yeah, right that's now. fine. Go. So Okay, I work out at the power plant. I also own GoTo Glass, co-owners with, uh, I want to say Dipshit McGuire over there. <laughs> 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 no, John Ballard, great dude. Anyways, back to the rant. Yeah. Okay, so I work in the the APS power plant. I don't even know if I should be saying that, but. That's fine. They're shutting it down anyway. Right, they're shutting <laughs> it down anyways. So. The thing that's funny about this is they literally want to kill coal power yeah. and go to, what, solar, windmills. It's not even like they're like, hey, we're building a nuclear power plant, shut down the coal. Right. They're like, they're not doing anything like that. A magical unicorn will come fart and give us all our power. And that's the thing is like people from wherever in the United States, they're all coming to Arizona because, well, it's God's country. But anyways, like <laughs> they're coming here. To Arizona, so much people. How are we going to like provide power? Provide power for anyone yeah. if they're getting rid of coal. Now and tell then, me, like, tell me if I'm wrong here. My understanding is so for people that aren't familiar with Arizona, that listen to the podcast. We're in rural Arizona, northeastern Arizona. The Phoenix. Yeah, this is God's country. Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. So there's the Phoenix, the metropolitan area. That's that's like the big city area. But my understanding is many times, especially during the summer, our coal power plants that are up here, we're not even hardly using any of that up here on the mountain. Correct. That's all used to power the metropolitan area. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so most, of, most of our power goes down to the valley. Like when we had Unit 4 going, that was all going to California. Mm. But they shut that down, and then all of a sudden they're putting – Anyways, I won't go down that route because that's California. California is California. But 
Going back to APS and like the, the power plant world, the way that it works is every single time that the natural gas, which gas is going up right now, fuel economy, right? Mm-hmm. So gas is starting to soar. Guess what? All of a sudden, coal handling or coal is going like all the way megawatts that we could possibly handle over that at our power plant. Yeah. So with that's what I'm back to inflation, what we were talking about earlier. It continues to rise. The natural power, natural gas power plants down in the valley are starting to go down, and coal power plants are starting to go up. Guess what? Because we're starting to go up, coal power plant could raise their price to whatever they want because we're not we're not locked in now. Yeah. Right. So with that going up, guess what? Everyone's going to be complaining about their APS bill going up. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you guys did this. Yeah. Like you voted him in. Well, and dude, all that comes back to the feeling good problem like i've talked to aps officials and they've straight up said if choya power plant wasn't on the i-40 we wouldn't be shutting it down oh yeah it's the optics of being right along such a major interstate that is the reason for shutting that down does it make logical sense no do they have some way to replace it no especially with all that's going on so yeah if you've got a natural gas power plant going and natural gas is going through the roof, that's probably why they're ramping you up because it's way cheaper and they're trying to not have the bills for everyone go through the roof or do all they can, but that can't last forever when they're shutting you down. Correct. And one thing I want to get straight is like the power plant in itself, the emissions alone are very, very slim. You can go on top of the stacks and breathe what's coming yes. out. Like you could literally, like when you go driving past any power plant, coal power plant, the emissions are so minimal, but yet people, all they see is that there's there's mist, there's steam, there's just things that are happening, like coming out. Like that's the way the power plant works is like you create yeah. steam in order the, to the create heat energy. Is what you're doing, yeah. Like that's all it is. So there's a very, very thin layer of emissions going out, like yeah. first and foremost. Like, but you hop on like people from California, I'm going to pick on Californians right now. Yeah. Like they see that and they're like, man, look at all that pollution. Yeah. Look at all the emissions coming out of that. And like, no. Yeah. Well, dude, dude that's our prices, a- our prices out there, APS are going up like skyrocketing because we have to do so much to it to create clean energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that dude, it, it just goes back. That's exactly what happens in the recycling industry as well. You get someone that comes that leaves these major areas, these California's type areas because it's such a mess, but they come in, they're like, oh, you don't have recycling? Right. Oh, we're going to set this up. Oh, you still have a coal power plant? Oh, we've got to get that shut down. And it's like, and the worst part is, is, well, I was having a conversation with, with a, uh, an official from Navajo County because of a post I made yesterday. And so, so he gave me a call. Um, and, and what my thought was afterwards was, the thing is, is you can't really, there's a couple things. So, one, those who know, I think the, omen, the, the omen's on us to, like, educate people. Because lowering emissions just sounds good. Right. So, it can be sold to most people that don't know exactly how it all works, that coal power plants aren't what they were in the 1950s. Correct. And same with recycling. It's, it's my omen that I've spent... Three, four, five hundred hours understanding the whole process and exactly how it works, what works, doesn't work. It's on me to battle because most people think, oh, recycling. Like, yeah, I care about the planet. Like, of course I want to take care of it. So I'll recycle. Now, that's a bill of goods that's been sold just like 
coal is bad has been sold to people. Correct. And uh, so when you do know, I think it's important to put out that information. It is hard to do in a way that convinces people, though, because it is such a it's such a frustrating thing because it's like you feel like a crazy person. You feel like the crazy person in the room because it's like, how do you guys not see this? Because you're crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's very possible. Takes one to know one. Yeah. But Tyler and I were... Blah, actually, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Tyler and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday. The thing that, uh, um, you know, maybe you, you may or may not understand too, not you in general, but people, is uh, that energy literally is the... the um, you know, if language is the fundamental foundation of creation, energy is the fundamental foundation of economies. Yeah. It is what drives that. If if I was lord of the country, I wouldn't subsidize anything except for energy. And I would say the government's going to pay for energy. You will not pay a cent in energy, and we'll get that back out in tax dollars. Yep. Um, not in an income tax because that's theft but in a consumption tax and you would have such an incredible economy because what powers economy is power. And so just like the, the video you were showing me right before we stopped where the guy's over a thousand dollars to fill up his truck. Well, guess what? Your stuff isn't made in your backyard. Everything you buy in the grocery store isn't made. It's made all around the country. And so now it's got five times more expensive to get it to that cut yeah. to that. And not only has it just getting there, but whatever it takes to that, that factory, that factory that makes your bread has got to have everything shipped in to make that bread. And so that just got more expensive. And then to move that finished bread over to there just got more expensive. The energy it took to make that bread just got more expensive. Absolutely. And so it's like, it's a cycle that just where if you can make energy free, like an economy can really bloom, but the more expensive you make it, the bigger problem you're going to have. So I kind of want to go off on on another tangent. Yeah. To kind of keep going with this. So everyone else has to raise their, their rates, right? Mm-hmm. Bigger companies. So, like, we're in the glass industry, so I'm just going to go off on that. So the people who make the glass, the people who supply the glass, the people who ship the glass, and then we're the ones who are going to be installing the glass, right? Yeah. So – it gets raised here, it gets raised here, it gets raised here, and then it gets raised here. So right there, like in itself, it's what's going to happen is go to glass, other companies, we have to raise our rates. And if we're in a small community and we're a small company, a little mom and pa shop right now, like, and everyone wants a pay increase and everyone wants the best bang for the buck and et cetera, but like, that's not going to happen with all of this inflation going on. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's such. I a hope t- people understand that though. Like, yeah, everything's going to go up. And My experience is most people don't though. Yeah, exactly, and that's well, they that's they, why I want to bring it up is for that one reason. Yeah, they they understand it in their world. They want their boss to give them a raise because Correct. everything's more expensive. But if I'm going to give the 62 people here that work here at Larson Waste a raise, that's expensive. But how can I not? Right. Because they can't afford to live anymore, so they need a raise. And and there's companies where every company is going to be affected because of just what you laid out. Absolutely. And then there's companies like mine where it's a direct effect, a direct and immediate effect. It's not a trickle down so the product and everything gets more expensive. Yes, that's still going to be, tires are going to be more expensive for me, parts, dumpsters, cans, all that's going to be expensive, but also the direct 
fuel cost that is a ginormous line item on my P&L is directly and it's immediate. So, um, you know, we made an announcement where we're going to be adding a 4% increase to combat this 8% inflation, which, you know, it would make the most sense to just do an 8% inflation or 8% increase because there's 8% inflation, but we're trying to manage it. So, but we did a 4% that that's going to continue on because the inflation's, once inflation happens, it doesn't, there's, there's not reverse, you can't reverse it. Um, and then we've also got to add a 7% fuel surcharge because we've gone up 40% in the last month in fuel, fuel yeah. costs. But in that month, so these will start to reflect on our April bills. We're going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars behind before we see a penny of those increases, um, of of those increase of of those add-ons. Correct. We'll be hundreds of thousands of dollars behind that. We've already had to pay for that fuel to operate now, because it's immediate. And I one, I don't think people understand that. And I get it's hard to understand because if you're at your table and all of a sudden your grocery bill that was four hundred dollars a month is a thousand dollars a month. It's hard, like, what do you do? Like, and then everyone else, you're mad at anybody that's raising their rates. And, and I totally get it. And the thing is, is it's just like, it sucks. And it's hard to view it. I, I step back and I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat here, but I can't see it any other way besides a full on attack on small businesses. Oh, it is for like, sure. I don't know how to interpret it any other way besides they want to get rid of all small businesses because to to buckle down tens and thousands of dollars in a month because the gas prices increased after all that all that they did through COVID, like small businesses can't weather that. A large publicly traded business that echoes everything that they that the politicians want and is at their whim, that's no problem. Is it a little bit of a problem? Sure. But is it a storm they can weather? Easily. Absolutely. Where, like you said, a local small business maybe employs two to 150 people. That's something really tough to weather. Yeah. And it's like, it's one, it's it's hard to not, at this point, the past, the past year, year and a half at this point, I don't know how to look at it any other way besides an intentional attack on small businesses. <laughs> I want to go off on this tangent so bad because, like, dude, it's true. Like, you th- you think about it. I, I put in so much, like, time and research and, like, why why does it trickle down like this? And, like, why do people think, like, that the small businesses or just businesses in general are trying to rape everyone else. And it's like, we're really not. We're literally just trying to take care of our, our customers, our employees, and like overall just do a good job. And in order to do that with everyone else inflation, you have to cover those costs. Yeah. But like, it's going to come to a point where it's like, all right, the average, the average man is not going to be able to afford that consumption. They're going to be, making ends meet where you're going to see people literally going to the store and buying like smaller, smaller items, or they're not going to be able to afford like the, the lifted trucks, the, the nice tires, yeah. the, 
the new hats, the sweatshirts, and then all of those little things, that's how many businesses that are yeah. going to start going down. And then everyone else isn't going to continue. If everything else, uh, like, for instance, let's say that glass is going freaking phenomenal. All of a sudden, I stop buying it because, and then all of a sudden, it starts crashing. Well, then I stop buying from all the other people as well. And so yeah. it, like, really creates a damper on everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's, and, like, the only thing I would say, because it, it could definitely be taken as, as whining or, like, just, oh, no, it's the end of the world. What I would say to what I believe has been an intentional attack on small businesses to get rid of them and leave us in a place where it's corporate businesses that run everything and large government working hand-in-hand and the rest of us are the peons and we've got the elites and the peons. All I can say that is we're going to be a lot harder to kill than these MFers think. Um, (laughs) And like... That's the the, that. the creativity, like the persistence. That's what America's built on, and that's what small businesses generally are made of. And I think they're going to be rudely awakened with how hard it is to actually squash us. Well, and the funny thing is, is everyone whines and moans and complains about the wealth gap. Yeah. You want to know how to bridge that? Freaking small businesses. Like, if you want to bridge the wealth gap, that's how you bridge it. Yeah. Yep. It's not more corporate giant businesses. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you want a bigger wealth gap, that's what it is. No, absolutely. Yeah. But um, – It's because the, the top will rise to the top. Yeah. And that will just – that gap will get bigger and, and bigger. Yeah. And the wealth gap is a funny, funny thing to me because I'm – like, I don't know exactly where I stand on if I think it's actually a problem. Because if everyone rises – who cares if you're not comparing yourself to you? If exactly, if I go from making fifty grand to a hundred grand and actually making that, not just because inflation made it that and everything else is more expensive. If in in the time that I go from fifty grand to making a hundred grand, and someone else goes from making five hundred thousand to a million, what the hell do I care? Good for him. I also doubled mine. Be happy. And so I think I think the wealth gap is something to pay attention to because like oh, absolutely. Me, me and you both spent time in Argentina and like a very uh, a characteristic of third world countries is you've got the uber rich and the super poor and there's no middle class. And uh, so it's like the middle class is very important. Small businesses mm-hmm. builds that like all about that. And I think, I think uh, the wealth gap can just be held in two things where it's like, well, no one should be richer than, than me. And it's bad if someone's yep. uber rich, which I don't think is necessarily a problem. Um, but, this idea of like having no middle class, I think is a problem. Oh yeah. So yeah. Well, like, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild. And you know, all this stuff of trying to pawn it off, um, you know, that's, what's crazy to me. And I want to talk about leadership a little bit because that's been something that's on my mind because I I mean, and usually we're not super political because it's a political podcast, but I don't mind talking about those things. Um, and, and I think it's very uh, applicable to – we talk about leadership a lot in this podcast. And owning a business is leadership, like you're producing, creating outcomes. And that's how you produce a, a good business. And what we've seen from the top from – and I, I, I never like to call our elected officials leaders because they're actually not. They're our representatives. They're elected officials. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To represent us. They're yeah. not our leaders like – my leader are people that I care about that I look up to in my life. And that's not the president. But 
in this sense, like the president ought to be a useful leader, though. And this whole idea, this the way they're trying to spin these gas prices into Putin's hikes, the lack of accountability and ownership around that whole marketing thing that they're doing around it to try to reflect blame off of Biden is absurd to me. And any person that wouldn't own up to it, I think has no business leading anybody because they can't even lead themselves. And that's a, uh, oh man, that's been frustrating to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, go ahead. Well, I'm going to go on a different topic. So you go oh, ahead. Well, and we don't have to go down this rabbit hole, but Steph, my wife, was reading some article about the Keystone Pipeline. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this whole subject of the government and leadership and energy costs and fuel prices. And she's just like, what I don't understand is, why don't just, all it takes is one or two million Americans, which I'm pretty sure would be pretty easy to get, to just go open it up. Like, the government's there to be beholden to us, the people. Mm-hmm. And if the people say, open the pipeline, like, why is the pipeline not getting opened you know what i mean and i that had me thinking of like why isn't it open like why like it just yeah anyways and that's a whole another tangent but going back to leadership like our elected government representatives should be leaders and that's what we should look at when we vote for people's people who are leaders and not someone not people who just Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? I want us to use the word like promisers, like people who like yeah. promise stuff. But salesmen, basically. Salesmen, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because um, when's the last time you heard a leader actually come and tell you something they knew everyone didn't want to hear um, and and do that? Like, like that's what's so... Called mean tweets, Garrett. Yeah, well... That, well, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you sometimes, so I thought, I don't think Trump was very good. Oh, absolutely. Like when his last little bit in office was is silly. baffling to me, baffling to me. He had so many opportunities to like leave and just throw in some good stuff before he leaves like they all do, but he could actually make an impact and he was doing crap like pardoning rappers and like just silly, silly absolute nonsense but that's besides the fact um but what i would say is like the the uh the lack the lack of leadership man like it's been years oh yeah it's been like i i'm like i would have met like I'm, I'm not a historian but the the most recent president that really took ownership and and true leadership i would say w- maybe Ronald Reagan, but for sure, um, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, and like Teddy, real, real leadership. I think we have to go back to Teddy Roosevelt. Like, and not that I don't think there was presidents that were pretty good at their job, but like someone that's like, man, this guy was committed to leading this country. I don't think we've seen anybody like that since Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah, Um, I'd say Reagan did a pretty good job. Yeah, I I think Reagan did a pretty good job. Um, I think in some ways. Um, the Bushes, and I'll I'll say too. I think in some ways Clinton did some pretty good things. Um, and uh, Trump did some pretty good things. He's I think he's definitely the best we've seen since Reagan. 
But, um, yeah, when it comes to just full-on leadership, able to tell people things they don't want to hear, different things like that, like that's uh, – yeah, I think we've been a long, long time without that, and it's starting to show. Long overdue. Yeah. And what I was going to say, just because we're in this topic – I, I just like to occasionally remind people, like, everyone's all spun up, you know, wearing Ukraine flags and this, that, and the other, which is a whole tangent because no one really knows what's going on there, the history of that anyway. I don't, and most people that are, you know, all supportive and, oh, we've got to send money, we've got to help them and all that. I just like to occasionally remind people what's going on in Afghanistan that we directly created. Um, they anticipate that 8 million people are going to starve to death there this year. That's specifically our fault um when i say our like the decisions this country made from the top not necessarily like i don't know if i personally hold guilt for that but saying our fault as in america um and so yeah a couple thousand people maybe even 10 20 thousand people are dying in ukraine and that's sad but uh you're being manipulated by the media because just remember Afghanistan and that 13 people uselessly died. Then we bombed an innocent family and now 8 million people are going to starve to death. So just want to, I like to uh, at least once a month remind people (laughs) that because (laughs) Afghanistan is one of those things that went away real quick. Conveniently. Conveniently. And I'm like, listen, if you're concerned about what's going on in the world, there's a lot worse things than what's happening in Ukraine. And uh, Afghanistan is one that we directly were like, let's uh, let's leave a lot of women to get raped by the Taliban and uh, a lot of kids and people to starve. All right, yeah, get out of here. So, yeah, on to happier subjects. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dang, how'd this get here? <laughs> <laughs> well, and honestly, that's why we're not like, oh, let's talk politics. Because politics is an easy thing to talk. Oh, yeah. And it's an easy thing to get people pumped up about because, I mean – it's hard not to be well fired up when it's like absolutely. I mean, when things that like things that you value. Yeah, when when it has direct impact on your life. Correct. The federal government should not be able to impact your life, and when it does, it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting, but like, when, me and one of my coworkers, we were coming back from work, and we were talking about gas prices, right? And at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? Like, we could bitch, moan, complain, whatever about the gas prices, and like. Obviously, there's change that needs to be happened, but, like, it's also, you also have to be like, you know what, unless you're going to hop on a horse and start riding a horse every day, like, there's really no point yeah. to really complain about it. It's like we should be leaders. Yeah. Well, and the reason, and here, and here's what it is, is, like, is it going to stop me from going to do an auto glass job? Is it going to affect me going to the grocery store? Like, no, I'm still going to hop in my car and go to the grocery store. Like, yeah. that's just what it is. And... If you have that mindset of, hey, you know what, like, things things have happened, and yes, they can change, but if you can control your mindset of, you know what, each day I'm going to wake up and well, that's kick ass, take names, but yeah. in the wor- words of my uncle Daryl, his is always keep your head up and your feet moving, Yeah, you know, and if you have that mindset every day, like that motivation that we were talking about earlier and mo- uh, momentum, there's nothing that could stop you. Yeah. Well, that's exactly why I say... They're going to find, like, killing small business is a lot harder than they think. It's going to, like, way hard. Yeah, they're they're trying to, like, like I said, tinfoil hat on. I don't know the exact powers. I don't spend that much time on wondering about that or what's out there. Um, and I generally um, think people are just really stupid, not that evil. But <laughs> um, it's, 
That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you're stupid. <laughs> like, like I mean, I you look at you look at Biden, you look at even AOC. Like, I don't think like she's evil and wants to break Americans. I think she really is an idiot and thinks that if she just believes hard enough. Like she can turn everything green, like well, yeah, and and then she gets manipulated by yeah. the perspective. But I do think there are people in the background of them that, oh. that do have malicious, mal, mal, bad intentions, whatever. Malicious, and, malicious, yeah. And I think I think they it's probably the same group of people that throughout the world have broke countries, and I think they're gonna find that when they come to America to do that, like it's a lot harder because we keep that attitude, like. All right, five fifty gallon. All right, we don't give shit if it's fifteen dollars gallon. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna find out a way. Right. Absolutely. Like, all right. Well, I guess. And we're if all... you can't find out a way, like, sorry, that's poor leadership. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, the horse industry is about to freaking go through the roof. Everybody, right. <laughs> screw these guys. We're gonna start growing hay and getting hay to people and horses and this. That. Like, I don't know what it is, but what I know is it's like, yeah. Like, is that when we'll I say pony out a way. up? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pony up. Honestly, I'd be pumped about it. I think horses are sweet. If I go rode a horse to I would be at least 20 times cooler if I rode a horse every day. At least. And not just rode a horse for, like, pleasure, but, like, to work. Because I'd start wearing chaps. Probably wear a cowboy hat. You'd strap a six-shooter on for sure. Uh, absolutely. And a cool rifle on my horse. I mean, be dope. So... I'm actually fifteen dollars a gallon. Let's go! Come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah. wild west. Let's go! <laughs> but yeah, and and it is just you know it's tough because it's hard too because you know there's one guy and I actually like this guy but he's posting about like oh I'm not going to pass this on to my customers I'm going to look at my spending habits instead before I pass this on to my customers and like that's cute dude you don't actually have a business you own a job. And that's this is, cute. I love this it. is going to last for about that long. Right. But this, this post is not going to age well, buddy. Um, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but buckle down. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a, a bumpy ride, but like, we'll figure it out. Cause that's the other thing. Like everything that's going on around, you can look at the flip side and there's still more wealth to be made out there than ever, ever in any time to live. Absolutely. So, um, I don't think there's anything wrong looking at some problems, talking about solutions. You just can't let it get you down, though. Correct. You can't spend your time just worrying. And and if you do, just turn it off. Correct. Just turn Sometimes it off. Sometimes it's better just to turn off the, the radio, turn off the, the naysayers, I should yeah. say. And that's the other reason why I usually like to, like, and again, I'm fine with it. It's, it's okay to do it when, when it comes up naturally, but... Um, there's a lot of political podcasts. There's a lot of people that will tell you how bad it is. Sometimes you just need to listen to something that's uplifting or something that's funny or something that inspires you. And it's like if you fill your life with that, it's weird because, like, that's what you'll get. Like, you, you get what you get what you put in. So if you're always putting in the negative, the, oh, the world's come to an end, uh-oh, we're all in trouble, like, that's all you're going to see. But Correct. if you're putting putting in all the time hey there's possibilities out there you can do anything we can go create anything that's how you're going to view the world so it's interesting you say that like dude i have conversations with some some people and i'm like man like that's a just a terrible way of living is just always being so negative like that and really it's just like just turn your life upside down be positive and just 
just think the opposite of yeah. whatever whatever is placed in front of you. Like think the opposite, and how can we turn that around in order to put a smile on your face? I guess. Yeah. Well, that's because you need to take the advice of Garrett the Trash Man and take your old daily dose of gratitude. <laughs> just, just shoot it on up. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. All right, dude. So I know you've got plenty to do today. Spent a little time with you this morning. You're, you guys are movers and groovers. I can tell you that much. Um, however, give me a recap on this book that you've talked about because we've done book reviews on here before. It's highly appreciated. Um, you recommended it to me. I really enjoyed it. And so what I'd love to have is just a quick recap on this book that you recommended to me. Okay. So I hope everyone has Audible because Audible is awesome. <laughs> Who needs off? to read a real book? Right. Not me. Audible, like if you're busy, like Audible, just pop that earphone in and you get to listen to it. Yeah. First off. Okay. The book that I was reading this, well, I've actually read it three times in the last like month and it's called The Five Day Weekend. Okay. Um, in this book, it talks about a couple of main, main components and whether that be like, so whether that be your life is eight to five every single day, right? Eight mm-hmm. to five, and then you get to spend the two days with your family. Mm-hmm. Or, sometimes, or what you want to do. Right. Or sometimes it's eight to five, and then you're still not making enough money in the world, and so you have to work maybe a weekend, or you have to work your nights, or whatever the case may be, right? Um, the most important thing about this book, what it says is, like, choose your own fate, basically. like, And, like, not only choose your own fate, but also – so. Not only choose your own fate, but also, like, what is true happiness to you? Like, you're only in life once, and, like, how are you going to transpire that? And so he goes off to, like, five-day weekend. Like, how – get your get your life in order in order to get that. And he, he talks about, like, 401Ks for some people, the paid time off, the sick days, all these things that matter. And it's like, really? Is that really what you're going to base your life on? Mm-hmm. Is like all these things like hell no. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I want true happiness. And what is true happiness? It's being able to, well, middle of the day on a Friday, like I get to come over here and podcast with Garrett the Trash Man. Like I get yeah. to do whatever the hell I want. And you didn't have to ask your boss. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like, and like it allows so many different, if you just keep your mind open and like listening to different things, like for instance, um, you could be driving down the road and someone has a car for sale. Okay, like you could go literally make a couple hundred dollars just by flipping a little car. Yeah. Like, possible. Like we're here in America. America dream. Like your dreams are made here in America. Like make it happen. Like yeah. I could, I could go keep working this uh, job out there at the Troy Power Plant, or I could continue to work on the business. And the difference between between working in the business and working on the business is two different things. I could be doing the tech work, I could be doing the secretary's work, I could do the admin's work, or I could grow the business in order to get there and say, hey, listen, like, <laughs> I'm not one of their partners, so I'm I'm lost in, in the communicate, the, the nonverbal communication that's <laughs> happening right now. <laughs> so, like, I have a hard time with it because, like, you know, there's so many good things with, like, the 401k, the paid time off, the sick days, the, you know, I'm part of a union as well. Like, there's so many different benefits that come with working at the power plant. Mm -hmm. But if you look at, like, all the things that I said, and and this is why I like the five-day weekend is, like, it literally talks about 
how you can separate yourselves from the 401k, the big companies that can afford that, and like what your dreams really are. Well, what what I would say to that too is it. I've experienced it as it can be very scary to go against the grain. Even if you can look at it totally logically and it makes all the sense in the world. Like we had Kyle Fuller on here. Um, he does yeah. um, the... Uh, Factum Financial. Factum Financial, yeah. And, um, I, I spent a lot of time with him, totally on board with this uh, family banking system that he creates through life insurance policies. And like on board, um, like... I can think through it and it makes total sense to be totally on board with moving all my 401k over to that. Like I'm looking at, I'm like, the numbers make sense. This lands with me a lot better. I have not done it because I'm scared because it was just ingrained in me so long to build up your 401k. Right. So I'm like, oh, if I move that though, like, and there's no logical, like logically I sit back and I go, this makes so much more sense to me. This makes zero sense to me this makes all the sense in the world but i'm scared because it's against the grain see that's why i just never started a 401k (laughs) (laughs) dude so like this is so my father-in-law right he has he's the most one of the most talented dudes i've ever met hardest worker like he has everything going for him Mm -hmm. he works for this company that pays him very well but every time that i talk to him he's like oh i'm putting 50 percent of my my earnings to my 401k and I'm sitting here like cool man like that's awesome but why like because you can't wait to get out but the economy is booming right now he has all the talents in the world to go like he has all of his own equipment and everything why not just go build a house where you can make like right now here in Snowflake you can make 150k on yeah like why not go and do that 150k where you make that like in six months period of time compared to your 401k where you're not even making close to that yeah and all it comes down to is, like, your momentum of freedom. Like, yeah. that's what it comes down to. And I think part of it can come – so I'll say a couple things. So I had a mentor tell me once, and this has been on my mind. He said um, the value is in the inquiry, not the answer, or, like, all the values in the question. Yep. Which I've, I've and really – asking str- the right questions. Yeah, because I've really struggled with that lately because – it can be very conf- – it's a lot easier to just go work 9 to 5 and be busy and fill your time up with that. Absolutely. Um, because it's a guaranteed check. It's a guaranteed and, lifestyle. And not, not even – outside of that, I don't I don't think it's addressed enough that, like, what, what do you like is a big, hard question to answer. Like, it's if, – if I had all the time and all the money in the world, what would I do? I have no idea. And I think it can definitely happen with like blue collar and hardworking people that don't ever stop and think about that because I've always lived life like, well, I'll do whatever's necessary and I'll be, I'm going to decide to be happy, whatever I've got to do, which has valued me. Like whatever's got to get done, I'm happy to do it. That's been very valuable to me. But the danger in it is if you don't stop and think, man, if I had all the time in the world, what would I go do? Like, then it's very hard to create a different lifestyle where it's this this five-day weekend. If it's like, well, if I create this five-day weekend, like I'll just have this vacuum kind of like yeah. we talked about, and what do I fill it with? Mm-hmm. I've never spent time, and I think a lot of people don't don't purposefully go out of that because they don't want to face that question. 
Because I'll be honest, that's a hard question. It's a hard question. When you're like, I can go do whatever I want, what do I actually want? And for the most part, if money, like if you had that time and you had basically the finances to do the majority of whatever you did want, like that's a hard question to answer. It's very, I, I will tell you, it's, it's very, very hard. Yes. And it's like, I, I don't know. And like right before we asked this podcast, I asked Tyler and it's because it was on my mind. I was like, Hey, if you could be anywhere in the world right now doing whatever you want, what would you do? What, where would you be? And what would you be doing? And, uh. Like, on a daily basis, I think it's good to ask that. And sometimes it is, like, on a beach with my feet up. But that's not, like, an answer of, like, like right. that's fine at times. Like, yeah, we all could use vacations at times and this, that, and the other. But that's not an answer of, like, building a fulfilling and purposeful life. And so there are people that find, like, what's what's their purpose? Like, uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners listen to Joe Rogan. He had Mr. Beast on. Super interesting. At age, like, 13, that guy became absolutely obsessed with YouTube. And literally has done nothing for the last 10 years. And that's why he's the biggest YouTuber there is in the world. Like, his passion was right there. And it was like, this is what I'm meant for. But I think most of us are still looking to discover that. Someday I'm going to figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up. Well, my late 50s dad says that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) My mid-70s dad still says that. Yeah. And I think it's a... But I think the gift we have of our dad still saying that is... Now we're at half their age able to, well, you even less, but uh, (laughs) we're at half their age able to step back and contemplate these things just like you are and just like I am where it's like, okay, we actually now have this opportunity to create a life of what we want and we don't have to be a slave to it. We don't have to be a slave to it because we've got to feed this 401k. We've got to have this healthcare benefits and this, that, and the other. We've had people that have stepped out of that as an example and said, hey, there's a possibility of doing this in a different way. You know what this question has me think, or who this question has me think back to, hmm. is Sal Alcantar. If you guys ever get a chance to listen to the podcast we did with him, highly recommend it. And I've seen shades of this in my own life. I think that my life would look like, you know, and I'm taking a guess here because obviously I haven't lived my life this way yet. But I'm taking a guess if I had all the time in the world and... You know, for the majority, like my daily needs were very much so taken care of financially. I think it would look like an ebb of flow, ebb and flow of doing the things I really enjoy for enjoyment's sake. But I guarantee you that I would still be doing things to look for fulfillment. Fulfillment of whether the relationship with my wife and my children uh, or creating uh, more sources of income to help other people, to give back to the world. Like, I guarantee you it would be this ebb and flow of, you know, sometimes playing a lot more, so to say, quote-unquote playing a lot more. But I guarantee you I would still, like knowing myself as well as I do, which there's still much to know, there would still be that need to have that fulfillment of creating the things I want to create in my life. Outside yeah. of just playing all the time. Yeah. Well, whether it's playing or whether it's usefully. So I want to make a distinction between like playing and not doing typical work. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because so Tim Ferriss talks about this in his book where he would get obsessed with these things that weren't necessarily work. But, like tango in Argentina. Yes. Where he's obsessed. Like I want to become the best of that. And. So, 
it's it's so funny to me though. It's it's just been such an interesting thing to explore because like so I've got an Ironman I'm signed up for in October. Um, if you don't know an Ironman, you swim three miles, you bike a hundred miles, and then you run uh, a marathon, twenty-seven point three miles or whatever. Lightweight. Lightweight. <laughs> but a guy like me, that's going to take a lot of training to build up for. And what I've discovered is like even when I have the time, I've put myself in a box where it's like, hey, I, I, it's it's work hours. I can't go train. And so I want to make a distinction of playing like, oh, I go to the lake or I'm just yeah. doing, I'm vacationing versus, oh, I've got this like hard thing that I'm going to go do and accomplish that I'm like creating it as, so I'm going to be a better me. Yeah. And that versus like just doing a work, like you have a job that's like, you've got a boss in. I have had such a hard time stepping out of that and allowing myself to be like, Oh no, I like, I've got to just work as much as possible. And when I say work, I don't mean being productive or doing something worthwhile. Just working, just working in the sense of I'm answering emails. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And lots of times it shows up in stuff of me actually causing messes at work because I've got other people doing the job and I'm interrupting their job or stepping into place where they don't need me because they're hired to do that good. But I'm just trying to fill my day. Right. When there's something I actually do want to fill my day with that's productive and going to make me better, move me on to something better and something more, and it's interesting to me and I I have a passion for, but it's not quote-unquote work. And I think those things could also, like for what I was talking about, slide into the category of fulfillment. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there are things I want to go do where, like, it's not work and – I guess you could call it play, but it's more so for fulfillment. And you know what's so crazy about right now? Like we were just talking about opportunities. You can take almost anything you're doing and, and it can be work it. in the sense of making money. Yeah. That's what I was. I was waiting for you two yahoos to be <laughs> So <laughs> I could be like, listen, dude, you, like, you go, you go golfing, you go out to eat, you go wherever. If you're in the middle of the work week, being able to do these things, you're, you're most likely putting yourself in front of people who have made the money. And guess yeah. what? Those are the people who are going to be paying your bills right there. Yeah. And it's going to be opening up your, and your potential. Yeah, yeah. because when you're golfing in the middle of the uh, week and you're out on the golf course and you see another good guy and you got some banter and you start to make friends, you know what? You two are probably the ones that are going to create a business opportunity for you two to go and make more. Exactly. But when you're in here with a person, and not that there's anything wrong with this because some people are more than satisfied. I've got a brother, a highly performing brother. So let me give a little... Let me think. Let me think. He's pretty sensitive about talking about him. That's okay. No terrorists are looking, listening to this. Um, so I've got a brother who is a uh, <laughs> who is a There's green. The <laughs> yeah, he's a green beret, and um, he did something super, super impressive. So if you know anything about um, special operations community, and and in the army they're called that. That's the actual special forces. Um, but special forces and special operations get substituted a lot. So like the Navy, they've got, uh, um, the Navy SEALs, but the army version of that, that's called special forces are also green brace. So anyway, going through the process of becoming one of those, generally you go through these different stages and most people, you get recycled multiple times at different one of these stages. 
Um, and, and it's like 85% of people just fell and never become it anyway. Well, he, he was able to go through every stage and never got recycled once, which is like, a like not even 5% of people do that. Um, and then he went straight from there. And when they existed, he went on like, what would be, um, they take the best of the special forces and have certain teams throughout the world. And he was part of one of those. That was one of the first things Biden came in and dissolved as those teams because he said they were too expensive. But that's a whole nother fact. And I say all that just to point out the fact that this is a highly, a high performing person. He never wants to run a business ever in his life. He doesn't like that. He's, he's done it. He doesn't like there's there's aspects of it that he doesn't like. Yeah. And so I say all that to just say people that are working an hourly or a salary job, they're not who's going to produce that opportunity. And I don't mean like that they're less because there's plenty of people like that. that are highly performing oh, absolutely. and incredible people. But there's aspects of running a business that they don't enjoy. They yeah. would much rather come have a certain type of job. Tell me when I take my vacations. Tell me when I'm done with this job. And that works way better for a lot of people yeah um so but again say all that say yeah my business my future business opportunities aren't going to come from um being right next to someone that i'm paying a a salary to to work for me it's very unlikely that comes from that person it can um but it's less likely um i say that and i'm looking at someone that i was paying paying a wage and now have a business with so it's not like it can't happen but um you're much more likely if if i've got my iron man going the people i'm running that iron man with like most people that are running an iron man that can can devote hours and hours to training like have handled the financial side of their life they're not they're not concerned about putting food on their table yeah and just like you said with golfing or if you're out hunting um you know, in the middle of a, of a week or whatever, or going on a really nice hunt, like you're probably going to be around people that produce the next opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, it snowed last night. I don't know why I didn't go out chasing some mountain lions right now. I said that this morning. <sighs> I don't know why you've never taken me. Cause you never told me that you had an AR. I've got many. <laughs> <laughs> and what the hell do I need an AR for? I've got tomahawks and spears. You think I can't kill a mountain lion with a spear? After this podcast, I'll have to show you a video. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So go ahead. I know I ranted for way long um, to get to a point that wasn't even that important, but I did it anyway. Um, so five-hour work weekend. Five-day weekend. Five-day weekend. Um, talks about. So he talks about like 401ks. He talks about like what truly makes you happy. He talks about like life insurance, different aspects of life insurance and like how you could actually use life insurance as a life savings account. Just like what we were saying with Kyle Fuller. Right, exactly. Yeah, yep. Like there are so many different things that the five-day weekend, like you think of a five-day weekend and you're like, yeah, there's no way. Like, How is that with, possible? Yeah, there's no way. Like, Anyways, you think of that and you're like, there's no way. But if you just break down everything that he talks about, it's like, man, you know how simple that really is in order to really do all that stuff? As long as you have that momentum that John was talking about, there's nothing that could stop you. Yeah. Like, so fullheartedly, like there's nothing you could stop that could stop you as long as you have your team built. Like you said that you were building up for Iron Man, like 
as long as you have your team built, like you're going to be able to do it. Yeah. And so like in summation, it's like, hey, there's this possibility out there and it gives you a roadmap of a completely different lifestyle than the rest of the world is living. Absolutely. And one thing that I thought of a lot when I read that book, so the four-hour work week that I didn't read for years and years, and there's a lot of similarities between those books, is because I'm like, I like to work. I really do it. Like, I like to be productive. Right, and it's not saying don't work. Yeah. (laughs) The, The thing is, is if you build your life like that, you then just have options, whether that's more businesses, whether that's that. Like, I really enjoy podcasting, creating content, thinking about content, And I could have, instead of one business where I get to do that 25% of my time and I have to spend um, 75% of my time doing shit I don't want to do and I'm honestly not great at. You could hire people better than you at it. Exactly. And with all my extra time, I could have, instead of one business, I could have six businesses where 75% of my time I get to create content, do podcasts, do the stuff I love, market, strategy, the stuff I love and I'm good at. 75% 75% of my time for my six businesses and only have to spend 25% right. of my time on those parts that I don't like because I intentionally built it. There's a different roadmap so that I can have other people handle those parts that I don't like that they're good at. And also the people that you do put in charge, those are people who you normally like anyways, yeah. correct? Yeah, exactly. So or then it's we- just like, Okay, now I get to do it with my friends. Like, everything about it is... You can create your life with people you want to spend it with doing things that you want to do. And... Kind of like X Apparel. X Apparel. (laughs) (laughs) There might be some good stuff to come for that, guys, so stay tuned. So, Bryce, I'm glad we finally did this. There's going to be more to come now that we got you on here. And, uh, like... Yeah. yeah. John's popped! Uh, wait. <laughs> I don't know why my Ronnie Coleman really left me right there. I couldn't think of what. Yeah, baby. Or, uh, shit, I'm, I'm losing it. All right. Appreciate you guys listening. Share the podcast with every single person you know. Your grandma wants to hear this. Send it over to her right now. Um, follow us on YouTube, Get the Trash Man, Get the Trash Man on Instagram, Facebook, all that. You guys got anything to plug with Dude, Go To Glass? Or? Totally got to watch our content at Go To Glass. Mm. Good stuff. Spot on. Follow him on Facebook and Instagram. Just watch for Bryce's glass. Yep. He's got some nice glass. That's what they tell me. (laughs) Appreciate you guys. Peace.